This is episode 347, dated Friday, February 16th, 2024. You are listening to the In Perspective Weekly Podcast with Bob Branco and Peter Outchul. Hi, everyone. Welcome once again to In Perspective. My name is Bob Branco, and this is episode 347, dated Friday, February 16th, 2024. Before we continue, let me introduce our good friend and colleague, Peter Alchil. Peter, how are you today? It's a, it's a calm, quiet day in Oregon, no rain, but never fear, it's going to be raining all day Saturday, tomorrow, and all day Monday. So we're still in the Oregon winter season. But and beyond that, we're doing great. Seems to be the norm out there, that's for sure. Yeah. We're yeah. we're might we might get a little bit of snow here tomorrow, but nothing major. Spring spring will be around the corner shortly. That's right. Before we continue, let me thank those people who make it possible for in perspective to be aired. We start out with Raymond Gay, our executive director and producer. Thank you so much for helping us get a quality program. We appreciate that very much. Also, I would like to thank Tom and Lynn from Rosie's Place chat line. They post our programs on Bulletin Board 15. We appreciate that very much. I also want to thank the media outlets for airing our show when they do. Thank you. And I also want to thank Jacqueline Sylvia, our website designer, who archives our programs on my website. All you have to do is go to www.brancoevents.com, arrow down until you get to In Perspective Podcasts, click on those, and you will listen to our archived programs from latest to earliest. Merci, Jackie. And let me give a shout-out to a faithful listener who sends me her thoughts on our program. I want to say hi to Lillian Johnson. Thank you very much for hearing our show. We have once again an author, a well-known author, Patty Fletcher. She comes back on the program to talk about her latest book, which is entitled The Blended Lives Project. Patty's going to talk about that book today. Patty, it's always a pleasure having you with us. Hi, Bob. Can you guys hear me okay? Yeah. Okay, good deal. I'm glad to be here and just going to talk to you guys, whatever you want to know about the Blended Lives Chronicles. Patty, before we, we get too deeply into the book, I'm intrigued with your signature line on your email, which I think is probably connected to the book, which says, bridging the great chasm which separates the disabled from the non-disabled. Can you talk about what prompts you to create that tagline and what it means to you? That is my mission statement. That is on my website. <clears throat> that is my mission statement for all of my writing and promoting work. Everything I do is done in the vein of just what it says. There is a chasm that separates disabled from non-disabled, and the largest thing which causes that chasm is lack of education. Strange though it may seem in this age of everything at your fingertips, what I have learned is if it doesn't apply to a person at that moment in their life, they're not concentrating on it. And until they are confronted with a disabled person, they don't have any need to focus on it. So my goal is every day that I go out is to. You can get it in. 
my my focus every day is to bridge that gap that that we does separate. And if we have a caller who is okay, un- someone unmute. needs to mute, please. Okay, I'll try it. So I keep I'm, I keep muting. So so what what strikes me about that tagline, Patty, is the word chasm, which is a sort of a wide divide. You could it is a wide yeah. divide. So I'm curious why you chose a chasm and not say gap or well you know, divide. For or, one thing, divide. gap and divide don't flow. They don't flow to the ear. So that's the first thing is, but the the word chasm is actually correct because. It's not, it is a large gulf between disabled and non-disabled in, in many ways, simply because people don't understand. So when I write, for example, my book, Pathway to Freedom, my memoir, a friend of mine who's known me for years read that book about me. And after she was done, she came to me and she said, I understand you so much better. And that meant I did my job. So even though this is a fiction, when you read the story and the the sub-stories that go into this, you will see that the whole idea is to make it so it's not something people have to think about. It's just something that we uh, are. So before we get into the Blended Lives Chronicles, talk a little about your your business, you know, your writing. You know, you, you mentioned briefly your memoir. You know, sort of talk about what you're doing these days, and then we'll get into the Blended Lives. Okay. So let me give you, because maybe people don't know or, or whatever. So I'll just give you a brief snapshot, a brief synopsis. I began writing in earnest in 2014 when I published my first book, Campbell's Rambles, How a Seeing Eye Dog Retrieved My Life. I was enamored with what had happened to me and for me. And when I went and got my first guide dog, the changes that took place, I wanted, I was needed, felt an urgency to write about it. I felt I had a story to tell. And then, <clears throat> Over the years, I did speaking engagements and different things. And around 2016, 2017, somebody in a fifth grade class popped up and said, well, what does a dog think about it all? I thought that was an awesome question. So I asked him and I wrote Bubba Tales, which tells the story of the seeing eye dog through the point of view of the seeing eye dog. and and. So then I got great feedback about my writing work and readers wanted a little more than what I had given them in my first Campbell's Rambles book. So in 2020, I published Pathway to Freedom, Broken and Healed, which is the name of a memoir trilogy that I am still writing on. And the first book was How a Seeing Eye Dog Retrieved My Life, second edition. And I went back and told the story in more honest, vivid telling, and as my father put it, you really put it out there, is what he said, and I was terrified when I realized he had bought and read my book, but anyway, so now I decided that I wanted to have some fun and build worlds in which I got to say, this is how it is, and so now I'm writing the fiction 
the Blended Lives Chronicles. While I'm doing all that, I doing Tell It to the World Marketing Services or TTW Marketing Services for short. But I have scaled that back because I found that people were doing different things with their lives and I was doing different things with mine. And so now I'm offering sponsorships, which does include some services, and but it allows everybody a little more freedom. We're not so scheduled. We're not so bent on a deadline. The magazine has moved to the blog. So just a lot of different things happening so that my writing is in the forefront. My writing is what I am doing. I spend at least... Not all at once, but at least four hours to five hours per day writing. Simply so, Patty, to my, my best remembrance of your writing, most of what you've written before Blended Lives was memoir. It was poetry. memoir or literary fiction, but I didn't do any, uh, you know, the Bubba Tales is a literary right. fiction. That's which, right. Yeah. That's so, right. But so that is basically a fiction story written about real characters. So it was still the memoir. Right. So, so what, what prompts you sort of leap the chasm as it were from <laughs> kind of what you were doing before to writing, you know, just a, a fantasy book as, as best I can. Well, think. and, and it is, but basically, so blended lives, it enables me to talk about things and explain them more freely. And because if somebody says, well, gee, that's an awful lot like, such and such, I can say, yeah, but it's a fiction. It's a, it's pretend, you know, I just write what I know. And so it, it enables me to speak with a more, with less inhibited. So this book takes place on the planet Corponius. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it actually, it actually opens at a convention in Casimia, but you're okay. Right. Okay, that, that actually, I'm glad you said that because I got. Confused. <laughs> That's okay. It's a lot of space travel there, and so Casimia is a different planet. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. So I, I wasn't. I, I didn't get that. So what? I, what I was. Uh, okay. I'll ask you the question a little differently. Describe <laughs> Corponius, you know, sort of the the topography of it, and and then describe Casimia and the the, okay. the topography of it, and All then right. go from there. So I'll help, that will help you. It'll set the stage actually. So, so let's think first about me. <clears throat> so what you need to understand is that Leia, the main female in the care, in the book is my author ego. And I'm very open about that. She is everything I wish I were and my secret heart. So you open up Corponius is where Leia has come from. And Corponius is her home planet. And so it is a, she comes from the mountainous village in Corponius. And Corponius has many cities and, and, and states and villages and different things throughout. It's, it has mountains, it has valleys, it has plains. And it, and it has a, a corponia, a, a, just an amazing corpaconia of people that populate it. And it, it is a melting pot that accepts all kinds. And so corponius is 
is that flowing, wonderful, acceptant way of life. And Casimia is similar, except that it is divided. And there is the Federation, which Leia is with, the Blended Lives. And then there is a, another group that wishes to have perfection and insists upon a, a perfect, unblemished being. And so you have a separate kind of a planet divided. And the, the goal is to unite. So that is, that is where you are when the book opens. So uh, I'm, I'm sort of curious about the, the sort of ge- geography of the two planets. Uh, <laughs> how, how are the two different or how are they the same? So they, they are different in that the Corponius is, like I said, it's mountainous and it's, and it, and it has a valley area and it has plains and the, Cosimia is there is a coastal area, which is where you'll see in the book Cosimia Heights is on a beach, and that is the capital of Cosimia, and so it is coastal, and then it has country area, wooded area, forest area, etc. So that is your different. Okay. So you, you mentioned though in, in Kissimmee, there's the other half who wants everybody to be perfect. What does perfect mean? They, they want to have a cleansing process where people have no deformity, no disability, no, no type of imperfection at all. And on the surface, that sounds wonderful. You're thinking, Oh my God, my disability would be gone. My, my life would be amazing. I would have no issue whatsoever. But then when you begin to dig beneath the surface of that, you find out that comes with a price. You must then conform to their way of thinking, to their politics, to their belief system. You may not have any thought of your own. And so you pay a price for that perfection. And that is what that means. And, and sort of my sense from reading the book was it's more than everybody having the same belief system. It's sort of being the same person. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, everybody sort of looks the same and acts yeah. the same. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it's much more sort of insidious than just having the same belief system. Insidious is a good word. Yes. Yeah. So, all right. So you mentioned that Leah Walker is sort of the ideal you, uh, Leah Moonwalker. Forgive me. Okay. So say a little more about her. You know, her, well, her ground. She does magic stuff. Talk about she, that. She is a well-respected high priestess. She has moved into the realm of high priestess, which is a very high rank in Wicca tradition. It'll be something that everybody can kind of relate to. And so she has studied her magic and gotten Fairly good handle on her magic. She has mental illness, of course. So at times her magic goes askew. If she gets very upset, she can create some really wicked storms. And so you have to watch out for that. But <laughs> otherwise, she's a, a, a magazine owner, a reporter. She's ferreting out. She wants to know. 
She's been given an assignment by the CEO of, of the Blended Lives Learning Center, which is a center that teaches disabled persons of all beings how to live with their disabilities in different ways. And there is the topic of different service animals having different tasks, but we make a very strong point of them being task trained, not just out here being sweet Tiffany in the pocket. So, you know, I make sure to make that difference there. So I touch a lot of topics. I hit a lot of hot button topics in this, in this book. You mentioned, you mentioned a service parrot who was annoying at the beginning yes. of the Yes, was, a retriever, uh, retriever parrot. Yeah. Oh, is that what it was? A retriever yeah, parrot? The, nice. the parrot sits on a tether, is tethered to the, is tethered to the person. And if they have problems picking things up or bending over or reaching down or what, or, or walking, whatever, then the parrot goes and gets whatever it is they need. And their command is pick it up, baby. So of course, parrots, what do they do? They repeat. So all the way on this shuttle she's flying on, this bird is behind her squawking, pick it up, baby, pick it up, baby. And that's what I want you to see in that opening scene. She's been on this shuttle. They had a delay. This bird has been squawking, and she's just about had it with the bird. Who is King? Or what King, is King? King is a psychiatric slash guide dog. And I, I got mail, just to let you know. He is, he in a, he is a guide dog, but he has, they have telepathic abilities. The dog and the handler connect very telepathically. And you know, us dog handlers joke that we can read our dog's minds and they can read ours. So I took it a step further and we find that the dogs really do have this talent. And so. The breeders begin to ferret out which dogs have this more of this talent, and they begin to genetically alter and breed dogs who have this power, and then they are able to match them with people who have emotional disorders as well as blindness so that they have that extra blanket of support. So, And who is Jack? And Jack is Leia's ex-fiance who is a very diabolical, that is the words used to describe him in the opening of the book. He is described as, turns out to be a diabolical person. Patty, I would like to go back to something that you asked earlier. I couldn't unmute. I don't know what's going on here. Zoom is just Uh, being really weird. Okay, so I wanted to ask you, where did you come up with the two names for the planets? How are those two names derived? You know, I... I don't know, Bob. That is a really good. I woke up in the middle of the night and I was thinking Kingsport. You know, I was thinking Kingsport because that's where I live. And I was like, what can I, can that name be? And I kind of, I have insomnia. So I got up and, and I was just doing a word game and making, just saying the first stupid thing that came to my mind and my tongue, I got tongue. And I said Corponius, and it stuck. And then Casimia, I actually was reading, and I heard the name 
it was a it was a a book I was a book I was reading and it had this name that sounded to me like a flower like chrysanthemum but it wasn't quite that and I started playing with that and doing putting different syllables together and I have this thing about words and so I mixed two words and kasimia is what I what I came up with yeah so going back to Jack <laughs> yeah, that actually is an interesting thing. I was wondering the same thing, and I was trying to think. Corponius, how is that? You know, no, there's a symbol symbol behind the name, but clearly there wasn't, which is fine. I was just <laughs> so. I know you talk about this book being, you know, fairly autobiographical. So Jack, meaning, you know, is there a person you had in mind when you were writing about writing about? Well, you? I, I mean, I'm. I guess I was probably channeling some of my fiance into him. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No. It. It. You know. I. 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 Having read your 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 first part of the memoir, I, I couldn't help think about. You know. Your well, in a review, and- in a review that somebody wrote, she says because she has read my Pathway to Freedom, she is able to connect the autobiographical dots. And I just want to say that that is correct. But I also hope that people will go a little deeper yeah. and realize that these characters are. They hold a lot of dimension. Sure. No, I think I think that's more than reasonable. Talk about Derek for a second. Who's Derek? So Derek, of course, is my ex trainer, and that is that is the where the similarities end. I just want to say because as Derek's character grows in the book, he becomes every dream guy I ever had. He grows into that, but he also has a very secret side that he doesn't show to anybody much. And that is the side that intrigues Leia that she as a reporter wants to open and, and see what is in that side. And so that is her. I, I'm not so sure it's just as a reporter. I mean, I think. No, she is very much in love with him. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it's, you know, and it, he's been, she's been thinking about him for a long time as yeah. the story opens up. And they keep coming back. They keep going. They keep, as the story opens up, you see where they keep coming together and they keep being thrust apart and they keep being brought back together. And you ask yourself, so are these two just obsessive compulsive with each other or is there more and that is what the story tells you right so you know those are those are some of the key characters are there other that that you think are really important for people to sort of know about so i i think one of the main characters that i would like for people to pay attention to in this book is randall jennings Mm -hmm. and he is he is the he is the head of the order he is the in charge. It doesn't matter what, what part of the order you belong to, whether you are the lowest person on the totem pole or highest in rank beneath him. He is the commander in chief. He is the one that keeps it all together. He has a group of, of men and women that he keeps close to him. And we see that there is a lot more to Randall than even meets the eye. And just a spoiler alert, because it is already out, 
I wrote an antho- a piece for an anthology that turned out to be the the prologue for the second book in this series, which goes to the proofreader next week. I'm right on schedule. So, yeah, so, which is terrifying. I've never written in a schedule before. So anyway, but he is killed in this first book. And then if you read the story that is in the anthology, which I will talk about later, he's brought back to life. And it's okay for me to tell you that because as, as Randall grows, even in this first book, you will see that Randall is going to play a part on both sides of the aisle. And I find rather interesting compared to say that the president, as you call him, I can't yeah, remember the, 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 the president's Fried- last name. Fre- Fre- president Friedman. Friedman, yeah. which, which is sort of an ironic name, isn't it? You know, if you think yes, about it, uh-huh. because he's hardly a, a guy in favor of freedom. Anyway, you know, he, he's mentioned several times in the book as sort of the guy in charge of the other side, the dark yes. side, that were, and is not a very nice guy. To say yeah. the least, you know, he hides behind everybody else to do his best. Yes, you know, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. You yeah, really yeah. did grasp that. I was hoping. I was I, I actually. So the question is always asked of writers if if you have a reader in mind when you write a certain thing. And I do have readers in mind when I uh, people who have given me feedback on my work in the past. When I write certain things, I think about, okay. Think about what that person has said and what would they think when they read that? And, and are they going to tear it apart and say that needs to be stronger or, you know, and it really is helpful. So yeah, I had you in mind when I wrote it. It's always important to take direction from yeah. your face. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, those are sort of the, the sort of the key characters. And then of course there are people on the other side, uh, the bad side as it were. And this, I don't want to give too much of the story away, but the book sort of talks about the, the sort of what goes on between the, as they battle each other for, for, for control of Cassinian, right? Copernicus, is, uh, I'm sorry, Caper, uh, Copernicus, oh. or whatever the name, sorry, is, is, is fairly safe in this version, right? Yeah. But, um, so Corponius is going to be, is, is declared when they do the negotiation. They right. want, Corponius is the safe zone. The sanctuary, if it were, as it were, planet for all the displaced people that are because of this war. And so, so I'd like to talk about, help you with this, Peter. You were talking about what was the premise for the book and what kind of got me started on that. I think Robert asked me that. And so I want to answer that really heavily. Go ahead. Um, the, this manuscript first came to be alive and thought of in 2016 when we started the turmoil in politics and basically the whole world began to Alexa stop sorry the whole world began to kind of come unraveled on but on every side it didn't really matter who you were or what you believed everything was kind of becoming chaotic my own personal life had hit I was at rock bottom. I couldn't fall much further unless I dug a hole and pulled the dirt in over top of me. So I began to toy with this really dark story. And I wrote an outline of it. I wrote a kind of a shell of what you have now. And I showed it to somebody. And they read it and said, you have something. 
but it's going to need a lot of work and you're going to have to be really brave. And I stuffed it in a drawer figuratively and it went with me computer to computer. Somehow every crash that file survived and I would go back and write a little. And then one morning in 2022, I woke up around two o'clock in the morning and I couldn't go back to sleep. And I was kind of listening to the news and I literally, many of you will know Phyllis Campbell, Phyllis Staten Campbell. She was the influence that kept long after she passed in my I did ear, know her. whispering to me, you can write this, Patty. She was, she was my cheerleader. She's the only one that ever read it before I really started writing it. And she was my cheerleader. And when she passed, I still had not written it. And so it was dedicated to her because I think she would have really liked it. She, so be- she, she influenced me a lot. Before we throw it over to the audience, I talk about some of the magic that takes place in the book. There's a lot of it. So there is a lot of it. The first scene of magic that we come to is when Leia and Derek have their first meeting and she almost loses control of her magic and levit because she's having visions of levitating him and hanging him upside down and she almost does it. And she just barely gets that back in hand. And then she creates a pop-up thunderstorm when she gets angry. We have this vicious storm going on outside. And that's all in the first couple of chapters. In the second chapter of the book, you, you have this, all of this magic happening. And, you know, later on in the book, there's quite a bit of it. You have, you know, in... In war, we fight with guns and bombs and missiles and things. And when these people fight, they <laughs> they fight with blasts of fire that come out of their hands, or they can call up winds and blow people to kingdom come. Or sort of like whatever. witchcraft. Yeah, it is witchcraft. <laughs> and so they and so they are literally fighting with their magic, and so they don't have. But they have to learn to control all that and not just destroy everything in their power, in their path. So, but you do have a lot of magic. Did something stick, stick out to you? Well, that, all that, of course. But then I, I found it interesting when Leia makes her presentation or in the book about, you know, like her, her sales pitch, you know, to, to for the center about how yeah. she, well, let's talk about yeah. that. Okay. So, you know, in Star Trek, we had holograms where they could write these virtual reality is what that was. So I took it one step further and I said, let's have the art of illusion and let's have that. If somebody imagines what they are imagining can become visible to those around them if they want it to be so. And so as Leia is telling her story, to help promote the Blended Lives Learning Center, which she credits to saving her life, and she wants this work to go on forever. She starts telling the story and imagining it as it unfolded for real, and people are literally transformed until into that moment of time. It it becomes so powerful that they are literally in that moment of time. 
And that was a very powerful thing. Obviously, Derek was totally blown away by it. Uh, yeah, he was not. Or, he thought he had some little sweetheart witchlet that he could walk around with on his arm and handle her and just have all this awesome girl. And he found out very quickly that she would match him toe to toe and probably exceed anything that he could manage. And then there, there are, there are shields that, 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 uh, you know, and then there, there are thought blockers and all kinds of things. That, oh yeah. That, yeah, that, yeah. That, that are there as well. And it's a very important part of the book. You know, it, it's that the whole magic thing is, is really an important, you know, how the, how the it's book in, It's important for how the book proceeds. And it's also very metaphoric. The book is very symbolistic. It is extremely, you know, if you think about, I want people when they read the book to apply it to their daily life and the daily events of what is taking place in this world that we are living in. And I want people to really think about the message that that we give because like at no time does the blended lives federation say to the clear bloods you cannot have a cleansed race what they say to them is you cannot force this on other people you must embrace choice. That is what I am trying to say is you must embrace choice. That's what it's all about. And before you go any, uh, we throw a fresh, I forgot. Yeah. Uh, you get really the, passionate. Yeah. Uh, the, 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 the cleansed bloods. I, I may have the name wrong. Right. Um, the talk bloods. about them. Talk about who so uh, the, that, the, the clear bloods the clear are. Bloods. They are the, the closest thing that I, can refer to them so that people can relate is they are Nazis on steroids. Mm-hmm. They and want, they're vampires, right? And they're, they're vampires, vampires. yes. Vampires. And so they have yeah. this what they consider elite vampires in their core. And when somebody takes the cleansing, they must be turned by these specific beings, or else they're not pure. And and it and it really is evil. It really is insidious because you are correct. It's not just them that they are making them all have the same beliefs. They're literally turning cookie cutter people, Stepford beings. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and really controlling. It's almost like it's, it's, it's like having a controlled, they have control of them. And it's very frightening because we have at our fingertips in this world in which we live genetics beyond measure and genetics can do a lot of amazing things. And we have healing that is much more than we ever had in our lives. And we must be careful. And that is another thing that the, that the book talks about is we must be careful. And I would just power. It's a power. Yeah, I would add, I would add three new, uh, three words, uh, to what you just said. You mentioned genetics and those three words are and artificial intelligence. Yes. And when you um, put those two together, big deal. Um, yeah. yeah. 
And that's what we're talking about here. So, yeah. So, Bob. Anyways, uh, yes, we, uh, it's time to open up our program for participants. Perspective. <laughs> I'm Bob Ranko and he's Peter Alcho. We have with us Patty Fletcher, author of the Blended Lives Chronicles. And I want to take this opportunity now to thank Trish for hosting our show today. Thank you, Trish, for taking the time to be with us. And do we have any hands raised? Yes, we do. Sally, go ahead. Hi, Sally. Welcome. Hi, Bob. Hi, Patty. Patty, I wanted to talk about your creative process. You talked about having insomnia and getting some ideas during the night. And I'm wondering if you find yourself equally musing and planning about your writing and then sitting down and writing based on what you've come up with. or do you just have these kind of musings that come to you quickly and then most of your creative process comes through your actual sitting down and writing? That's a really excellent question, and it's kind of almost a little bit of both. Okay. So what happens to me is I'll wake up in the night to, say, go to the bathroom and get a drink of water. And while I'm in there, my mind is – I have racing thoughts, so – my mind is sorting through what it's going to think about, kind of. That's kind of what it's like, shuffling. And I'll snag on an idea. And I'll think, i got to go write that down. I'll forget it because I have short-term memory loss. So mm-hmm. I usually have mm-hmm. a note taker or something close by. But my computer sits right here. I have to pass it as I'm going back and forth to the bathroom. So I'll sit down and open the document and write something. And an hour and a half later, I'm still there. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering, too. <laughs> I'm wondering, too. I've heard a lot of fiction writers say that they have an idea of where the story's going, but sometimes the characters oh, my just come up and tap them so... on the shoulder and say, I want to go here. I never believed. You? Yes, I didn't believe in that until I started writing fiction. Like, for example, today I was working on a scene and... I sat down and I thought, I need to change this sentence. And the sentence turned into a paragraph. And I had no idea when I sat down there that this character would do that. And I got up and walked away and went, well, why don't you just take over? Okay. Yeah, it, Thank you very much. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. And 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 I'll just add that you must really allow, if you're going to write fiction, Allow your imagination. You might, you might edit it out some of it later, but let it all mm-hmm. out. Let it, let it all hang out in that first draft. Just let it all, let it all oh. be in there. Thank you and good luck with your book. Thank you. Thank you, yeah, Sally. It, it is sort of interesting, Patty, just uh, as a musician more than a writer, I find myself in sort of the same place, you know, ideas and I end up, you know, when I'm in, in insomnia, insomnia sizing. <laughs> you know, uh, writing music in my head. Yep. Is that a new word, Peter? No, yep. well, I, I made it up. Uh, so, <laughs> and you know, and, and you go and you sit down at the keyboard and you think, I'll just play this little phrase. And two hours later, you're still at the keyboard. So, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, thank you, Sally, for that. All we right. Do have an, we do have another hand. Area code 978-747. That's Karen. Hi, Karen. Welcome, Karen. Hi, Patty. I just want to congratulate you 
on your books, especially one I read, uh, Campbell's Ramble. Uh-huh. I couldn't put it down. It was so good. I, I Thank you. spent the whole night reading it. Oh, but um, <laughs> I've tried to write fiction, and the trouble I have is I look at it. I thought, this is no good. This is no. This isn't good. Or the, I'd, be, I'd be too critical about it sometimes. Like I said, but, let, it um, all, let it all hang out in that first draft. Just be yeah. crazy. Doesn't matter. It's pretend. <laughs> Just be insane. But I got a question it. about. Yeah, I I had a question about one of your planets or two of them. What do you have? You developed a climate for any of them? Yes. yes. Are they warm, cold? What yes. What's the story with that? Cause, but cause um, mean, and I also wanted to ask, where do you get your books? Where can I get your book? Okay. So, on Bard or what? So this particular book is not yet on NLS. It is. I'll talk about that more in a minute, but it is available on all the ebook sites and I'm going to be having a giveaway and it's going to be on a site where everything will be accessible. So I'll talk about that in a minute and then I'll, now I'll talk about the climate. So Corponius is kind of like Northeast Tennessee weather. And since the book is mainly happening in Casimia, that weather is very changeable. Um, it's fall of the year there and the climate will be warm one minute and then they're having an ice squall the next. Living on the coast, they, they have these gales that come up and they have hovercrafts. So you're flying around and all of a sudden this ice storm hits and you're like, Oh, you know, so that's kind of what's going on there. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine that. I'm, I'm curious, Patty, about, about that climate. That's actually really interesting because. I didn't quite catch that, you know, reading the book, but my basic reaction is it's sort of an apocalyptic thing of climate change, right? Yes. Yes. Um, more, um, more hot button topic yeah. there. I just yeah. touched them all. Yeah. I, just I went can down tell. through, I went through all the buttons and just pressed every one of them because my dad is, he said that my dad read the, I don't ever leave your computer open. I left my computer open on the, the manuscript. And I took Blue out for a walk and left my father in the apartment. And when I came back, he was reading my manuscript. I nearly died. Thought I'd have a heart attack. <laughs> and he said, oh, but it's so good. And thankfully, it was in several drafts from the first, you know. But and and he starts and he looks at me and he said, you really just went down through and pressed every button. He said, when you were a kid and we put you on the elevator, you would do that. You just press every button and screw up the elevator. And he said, you have done that here. You pressed every button. Are you really going to publish this? And I went, yep. Look out for the rockets. Well, you know. Yeah. Well, uh, it, 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 <laughs> I, I didn't, I didn't make that connection. So you described mm. the, the, the weather on consumption, <laughs> but yep. it really is true. It, mm-hmm. it, you know, um, yep. but it also yep. seems to me it's, it's, it's it's not it's not controlled by nature necessarily. It's controlled by other things. Magic. So it, so well, <laughs> nature is magic and magic. That's true. There's so, a yeah, line. You there. got the elements: rain, water, wind, fire, lightning, whatever. So you know the 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 weather. Leia is a is an elemental being, which means that she has. All of us have, like, okay, you're a Sagittarius, you have a fiery personality, you're a Scorpio, you have a secretive personality, you're a whatever. So all of us have that reference. So Leia 
is one who has a little bit of all the elements within her and she has these powers. And when she gets upset, they go awry. They, if the, if there's weather happening, it's going to get worse. And if there's not there, it might just be a clear afternoon and suddenly a storm show up. And it's because she has this power of element. And when she gets upset, it's tied to the weather and her elements just go crazy and she causes a disturbance. And I liken that to when we are doing things like missile tests and shooting off things in the air and doing things to the climate and chopping down trees, we are causing these disturbances. Interesting. Okay. Thank, thank, thank you, Karen. you, Karen. Anybody else, uh, Trish? Do not see any hands at this time. Don't okay. be afraid that there is know. no, there is no bad question. So, so Patty, before we, I, I, I do want to give you the chance to talk about your giveaway and so on and so forth, but before you do that, can you talk a little bit about the future? I know you're writing other, you're writing, a, you know, this, this, that the book, that first book is book one in a series. Yes. Talk about in, in general sense, how many books do you think it might be? What the oh. timeline is, you know, so, you know, yeah. When I started this thing, I envisioned a trilogy, wrap it up in three nice books. That's probably not going to happen. This has grown into something much more than I ever dreamed. The possibilities in the second book is in its last stage of the first draft, meaning that I've been over it until I hate all of them and I want to blow them all up and send them away. So I'm going to send it over to my proofreader who has a brand new eye, who's not seen it and let her hammer it out for me. And then I'll have it back and then it will go to the publishers in the spring. And my goal is to release a book every October because this book released in October and it actually released on October 31st, which is the Celtic New Year. October 31st and November 1st. And that is when the book opens. This first book opens in the Celtic New Year. The second book also opens in the next Celtic New Year for a year and forward. And the second book is dealing with a lot that we continue with the hot button issues and we add more to the table. You will see talk of a more focused purified group you will see you will see so now you know if you think about the political we have the democrats and the republicans and then we have the the, and and please don't anybody get offended because i'm not talking about who's right and who's wrong here okay i'm talking about all the sides and that we all have to find a way to get along or we're going to we will be the cause of our extinction. And that is kind of where the book is heading. The climax is going to show that either we figure out how to all of us get it on in this world together, or we will be the cause of the end. It won't be anything but us causing that end. Uh, that's a universal message, isn't it? You and, know. and, 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 and I, I have to tell you, Somebody said to me after they read the, the beta 
before I released the, the first book, said, you write very bravely. You, you talk about topics from your family, topics from your, from political topics, from your belief system. You hit it all. And are you afraid for people to read that? And the answer is yes, because, you know, I don't get, not all of my fan mail is warm fuzzy. Like people, I, I'm glad that people are reading and they're thinking, but I've gotten some blowback on some of what I've written in this book. And that's okay because I write back and I say, you have the choice to feel that way. That is your choice. As long as you give me my choice, that is okay with me. And I keep going back to that. And so it's all about choice. And Joan Miles gave me permission to say this. And I listened to the song that was born by her poem, Come On Justice, that you all did a lot when I was writing the book. So if people have not heard that, they need to go and listen to that Friends in Art where that was played because that's a powerful and, song. And thank you for the for the promo yeah. pay. That actually is going to be yeah. featured on the our next Art Parlor podcast in March. Well, so if you listen to it media, yeah. it will it will that will be there. Before we run out of time, I gotta give you the chance to talk about how people can get the book and your free giveaway and all that good stuff. All right. So the best way to find absolutely everything about me, my books, all in one place is to just go to pattysworlds.com. P-A-T-T-Y-S-W-O-R-L-D-S dot com. From March 3rd through March 9th, it's read an ebook week. And during read an ebook week on Smashwords, which is Smashwords, S-M-A-S-H-W-O-R-D-S dot com. But you'll be, uh, this, if you just go to Patty's Worlds, the announcements will be there. During read an ebook week, all of my books will be free. On this website, this website promotes ebooks in, you can get a text file like a notepad. You can get a document like an RLF. You can get a PDF. You can get an ebook. You can get an EPUB. And you can read these on your braille displays, your Victor streams, your computers, all formats available there. So I'm making all of my books free. During that week, and it'll be March the 3rd through March the 9th. And that is so cool because March the 3rd, that week, that's my daughter's birthday and I always celebrate. So that is happening March the 3rd through the 9th. And if you just go to pattysworlds.com and subscribe to follow the blog, you'll get it in your inbox. That's not going to blow your inbox up, but you will get posts, announcements. You'll know everything that is happening and where to go and get what. So, and, Patty, uh, Patty, before you go any further, I just want to make sure of something. P-A-T-T-Y-S, 
No yes. apostrophe, right? No apostrophe. Yeah, okay. Yeah, because if so you P-A-T- put the apostrophe in, it brings up a whole nother thing that is not me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. So it, it's, it, you know, uh, so it's All one word. It's, it, it's correctly incorrect, yeah. but it's correct. P-A-T-E-Y-S. W O R L D S. Yes. Dot com. com. Yeah. So I that is my domain name. I have a logo. I paid for that. I'm real proud of that. Nobody can use it. (laughs) So, you know. Yeah. No, I think, I think it's terrific. And so take advantage of that and read Patty's books. So if, if I'm hearing you right, the second book of the series is coming out sometime in uh, late October, early November. Uh-huh. And I guess we'll, we'll bring you back on in perspective, right, Bob? You know, absolutely next year sometime and, and get, get you back on. I'm also hey, in several, several anthologies. If you, like I said, if you go to my website, there are a ton of related stories to the blended lives that we have the, in Midnight Roost, we have Casualties of War, which is the prologue to the second book. And in Visions, we have The Portal Brings Christmas Loves. In that is when Derek and Leia sneak off for Christmas together and they get into naughtiness. So, um. Ooh. Yeah, I was uh, actually going to mention huh. that. You, 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 um, yeah, yeah, there is, there is some, there is some, there is some, there is the some steam. Book. Yeah. And, uh, the, and Peter, the steam increases in the second book. I actually mentioned, I wanted to, to talk about that because you, you know, it's not as if you talk about it in great detail, but the steam is quite obvious in the first yep. book. Oh, I mean, it opened in the second chapter. We don't waste any time getting to it. Yeah, it's that's right. No. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thank you for reminding me of that. You're that. welcome. <laughs> well, we've got about another minute to go. So any final thoughts, Patty, that you want to share with everybody? Uh, actually, Patty, I have a question for you. If you, uh, you can answer Bob's question or mine. And uh, my, my question is, or both. My question is, what would you say to yourself now to your 25 yourself, 25 years earlier self? Oh, get over it. <laughs> That's exactly what I'd say. I would play the Eagles song, get over it. And that would be the best advice I could ever give myself. And my final words are a friend of mine and I talked one time about how to become that writer that everybody wants to read. And she said to me that we had to be brave enough to step over the gate. Well, I kicked the gate down in the first book, and there is no gate from here forward. So you guys just look out. And by the way, that song came from the album When Hell Freezes Over. Yeah, it sure did. (laughs) That's a good song. Patty, thank you so much. Yeah, I like it. Thank you very much for being with us today, Patty, on In Perspective. And the best of luck with your book. Thank you very uh, much, Bob. I appreciate you letting me come back. Follow-ups as well. Yeah. And, Join me and, on Patty's Worlds, y'all. All right. Thank you very all right. much. And I want to thank, thank everybody else, Peter and our participants and Trisha and Brad and everybody that helped make Thanks, this show Brad. a great show. So go safe with God. See you next week. And I'm Bob Branco, and he's Peter Alchil. Take care, everybody. 